Just observe. Number eight, just observe. Whatever happens, whatever comes up, just observe. If something comes up, and then you notice you add something onto that, a comment, a question, a criticism, an evaluation, then just observe that. So there's always a, a little bit of a kind of a backing up, which I meant, mentioned in the previous talk, a little bit of receding just slightly. You can actually feel that. You can, you can feel that when you're talking to someone, if you're listening to what they're saying, there's a little bit of coming forward with your attention, but receding a little bit with your commentary or your, your reaction to it. You'll notice that automatically. If you're like being threatened, there might be a little bit of receding, just a little bit. You may follow that right up with attacking them. It's possible. But there may be a little bit, you know, just like going back to reload kind of thing. And you can notice that if you're getting ready to do that. We quite often have the habit, and we notice it in ourselves and in others, of actually listening to what they're saying. And since we have a feeling we know where they're going with that, we already know what they're going to say, so we're already planning what we're going to say next. We might even... They might even start talking before they're even finished with their sense. Well, what do we know what they're going to say? Yeah, I know what you're saying. So this is what I think about that. So I say, you've heard me say before, I'm saying, now wait for the period in that situation when somebody's talking to you. Wait, let let the whole thing just kind of drop as if you weren't even going to say anything else. It wasn't that was the end of the conversation. A person might have more to say. They might dig a deeper hole for themselves that you can fill in. With them in it. Not that any of you would do that. Of course not. The communication is very much about receiving, very much about just observing what is being said. Not only the the voice, the words, the combination of uh, sounds and shapes of sounds and uh, vowels and consonants, or just consonants, we were talking about earlier. Uh, but it's also the person, the way they're holding their hand, the way they're punctuating their words, the way they're moving their body or not, <clears throat> clearing their throat, rubbing their eye, squeezing their this part. And it's not that that adds up to something. We're not talking about analyzing somebody's um body movements necessarily. That's another thing that people sometimes do. It's more about a not knowing what it is, just registering that movement, including that along with what's being said, along with the the spaces between their words, the tone of their voice going up and down. That puts you into the entire atmosphere, the entire mandala of the communication. Communication is not about moving knowledge or information from one place to another. That's a very low level of communication. Might be necessary. How many? You want coffee, cream, sugar? So there's some information. But when we're talking about relating to others and communicating with others, it's usually quite a bit deeper situation happening. And to receive whatever, whatever kind of communication is coming your way from the person you're engaged with, whether it be your spouse or your child or your employer, a co-worker, um, just, just receive what's happening. Just receive what they're saying without necessarily coming back with uh, a comment, a word, a response, an answer to their question. You might want to, even if there is a question, you might want to let them answer it twice or ask it twice. So are you going to answer my question? That kind of way. 
so the idea around that is to whatever is showing up is to allow give not really give so much but allow as much space around anything that's occurring to allow as much space as possible so the clarity with or uh, in alignment with whatever is being presented to you or whatever is coming up whether it's coming from your own consciousness your own mind or whether it's coming from apparently someone else talking to you that the space around that is quite vast so that your understanding is very precise and clear. Understanding does not necessarily mean that you get it or you like an aha thing. Even taking the word understand, what does it mean to stand under? Is that where that comes from? What's the source of that word understanding? Does anyone know? Word cloud, you know? I would say what you said. To stand under. Yeah. So let that be there. So it's very good to look at that and to just observe whatever occurs. There may be more things. Uh, you may just, it may not just be the big fish. It may be all the pilot fish that are attached to that big fish. There may be a lot more around that coming if you don't draw a conclusion too quickly. It may not even be a fish. It may be a robot. Maybe a submarine. Maybe a, what was that thing you were thinking about? Right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was it? Don't say it. Yeah, say it. Don't say it. Say it. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Yeah. Okay. Did you know that? I was thinking of a rubber duck, so it's close. Yes, I know, rubber baby buggy bumpers. I slid a sheet, of, I a sheet I slid, upon a slitted sheet I set. That was my mother's favorite. Try to show me how. Dangerous it was to say anything at all. (laughs) (laughs) So this idea of just observing is is, seems to come in layers because we we kind of assume, well, yes, I'm just observing what's happening, but the observing uh, takes a a deeper and more subtle level when we begin to see the the kind of a, a reaction. Something happens and we have a reaction to it. And it seems to be necessary then rather than add on to the reaction is to actually just observe the reaction and see that that's uh, not so much spontaneous, but it's like uh, it's like an impulse. It's like we perceive something, we have an impulse about it that quite often is about protecting ourselves or, or quick finding out what that is or finding out what that means so we don't feel lost. Like you were saying earlier, I feel confused, and I'm saying, good. I wouldn't say that to someone who never meditated. They said, I feel confused. I would say, well, what's going on? I would talk about it. But in your situation, someone who meditates several hours every day and has been doing it for years, you say you're confused, I would say, good. And why, why do I say not because I'm happy or confused? Of course not. If I could stop that or take that away, that confusion, I would certainly do it, as anyone would. What I'm saying is that's probably how it's going to feel as you proceed to go more and more deeply into your conscious mind and towards what's in the West is called an unconscious, which what we call the alia or the, the storehouse consciousness. As you begin to approach that, there can't be a turning around at the base as is conventionally described unless you go towards it. So this is why I think we, I mentioned it to you, rest in the nature of alia. I mentioned it to someone else today too. 
Nali is the storehouse uh, of consciousness. So to rest in that is to find, through meditation practice, find as deep a level as you can, which is not going to have too many thoughts floating around. There may be some, but there, it's more or less a spaciousness of that. And just rest there. Quite often feels like, uh, to the ego mind, it feels like you're not getting anywhere. Well, this can't be working. They're like, nothing's happening. So there again, we get tied into the presumption. There's a little bit of an addition onto that. Nothing's happening. You're not getting anywhere. Uh, it's called spiritual materialism. There's nowhere to get. I can say that. I can write a book so thick and call it, there's nowhere to get meditation. Probably saw a lot of copies of that. As I said, or as I've said, I'm saying now, if it's a good book, just read the title. Like with my book, A Meditation Primer. Got it. There was somebody on the internet recently that I didn't think of who it is. Someone was just saying, meditate, you should meditate. It doesn't matter how, just meditate. There's thousands of books on meditation. Find one, read it, meditate. <laughs> That's a pretty broad spectrum there. Probably better than not meditating. So for each person, uh, the idea, the, the recommendation to just observe is going to show up differently. So in, um, say, to pick on you a little bit more, to your situation, because you meditate a lot every day, um, what is going to happen is uh, that could be that idea that I'm confused or nothing much is happening or ho-hum or where is this going? It just seems like nothing much is happening. I just observe that. So it's just about just continue. But as you observe it, notice if there's any addition to it, like this is not getting anywhere or this is confusing. All of that is extra. So how do we work with that? We don't try to stop that. We just observe that. We just observe whatever is happening. It's, it's called meditation. It's called discipline. It's called, uh, uh, well, meditation. It's called meditation. Questions? Is there a difference between just observe and awareness? So the awareness, may, there may be less activity as far as doing something. You're just more or less on receive. You're just aware. Uh, you, there's, if you're just aware, then there's, there's no, uh, no credential around it. You don't really know if you're aware particularly. But if you're, if you're moving this way or that way or coming to any kind of conclusion, or any kind of anything you're doing, then that's where you need to observe. If you're just aware, then probably not going to miss much. That eventually happens of its own. It doesn't isn't something that you do, even though I might say just be aware. I also know that that involves seeing how we keep distracting ourselves into this, or we get wound up in some kind of discursive story, some soap opera. The metaphor I sometimes use is a stage. If we were talking about that. It's like you. You think this is ridiculous. And if you, if you think this is ridiculous, you're no longer on the stage. You're in the first row thinking, this is not real. This is a play. But part of you is still on stage. This is called schizophrenia. <laughs> <laughs> to most people it is. But to us, it's not. It's just it's awareness. It's awareness that divides and separates, divides, adds, subtracts. There's all kinds of math. And what I'm saying as a teacher and what you're doing as a student or should be doing is just, just awareness. It's just about awareness. There's nowhere to get. There's nowhere to leave. 
sit down, hold still, and the, me- the metaphor of the stage and the acting and so on works for you, then you can use that. You can notice how, uh, um, so, well, sometimes I even say, just go to the front row and wa- watch what's happening. Watch who's directing, who's who's blocking this, where the actors are standing, who's standing where. And it gets to be uh, confusing, especially when the identity can move around so easily, can move to the front row, then back back uh, in character again, and then back out and then back in, and then jumping from one character to the next or changing positions or masks or evaluations. <clears throat> That's a very tiny example. This is been sitting on that. Helene gave it to us. Helene. 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 Remember? I remember Helene. Yeah. Yeah, she was a book very big. She was about that big. Her kids sat on that. They did? No. How many does she have now? Two the last I talked to. Hmm. Good for her. Kids are good. Further questions about just observe. <laughs> we hear the words of mindful often. What's the difference between just observing and being mindful? I don't know. Mindful. You're going to spell it with consonants or put some vowels <laughs> in there. So I, I don't really, I, they're just words. And so, you know, we have so many words where we're talking about Vajrasattva and Samantabhadra, and there's just so many, so many words. And you, know, you can they designate some aspect of the Buddha nature. The mindful is to, to be mindful is just to be aware, basically. And it's a, quite often the way that it's taught is different. Some, you know, uh, taught uh, Vipassana, which uh, well, probably hundreds of thousands of people have practiced just because he became quite famous with all of his prison work in India. Some of you maybe have seen that video. Anybody seen the video? This work. And the, and the reason that that would have brought such relief to the inmates there in their 10 day uh, solitary or their group retreat with eyes closed and everything as mindfulness practice, Vipassana, uh, is, is because it's such a contrast to what was happening in their minds before. Um, but it only goes so far. It, it won't really, it won't really uh, solve, I'm not saying it won't, but it's less likely to solve the fundamental issue, which is mistaken identity. It will, they, they were quite grateful to be introduced to something where they could sit down and do nothing but start to experience their minds coming and going, coming and going. So at the end of the, the, the movie that I saw, the documentary that I saw, they were all hugging him and sobbing and weeping. They were quite um, moved. Um, but that's just the beginning. Then you have to actually go deeper rather than just have a good experience of, uh, of self-discovery. So we, um, the word mindful is all over the place. The thing that is not mentioned so much, a little, is how much work it's going to take. It's going to take a lot of work. Not, not, not guarantee, guaranteeing that. It might be quicker. But the fundamental issue or mis, uh, mistaken identity is that there is someone. And as long as there is a grasping at itself, no matter how subtle, then anything that comes up is going to be happening to that self or coming to that self or leaving that self or frustrating that self. There's going to be someone who feels a certain way. It's much different than having an emotion that, that comes through that does not, can't find an owner 
can't find an emoter. That might be a better word. Can't find someone who feels like that. The feeling is there. You recognize the feeling. It's anger, frustration, sadness, depression, or you know, all kinds of words, but that doesn't fi- it can't find anyone. So it can't stay. So it might be a, it might be a flash. It might be 30 seconds. It might be three hours, but it does, but there's no, there's no demand for it to leave. There's no justification for it to stay. So it's just causes and conditions that are having or have free reign with this particular manifestation of a human being. <clears throat> it's uh, called liberation. And what are you liberated from the attachment to a self, the attachment to other, the attachment or the clinging to anything, success, failure are no longer operative. Even life and death no longer operates in the same way. Sure, we know someone's body comes apart or dies, and they're the the because that was the the vehicle through which they communicated, talked, listened, and so on. We can't find them anymore. But if if you go in the other room, there they are. If you don't know what I am saying, you should ask questions. Whatever. If you go downstairs and sit on the couch, now, what happens to us? I'm still up here. Mm-hmm. Yes? That was my question. Mm-hmm. I wanted you to say more. Yeah, say more. And if you come back up here, here we are again. Just like when you die, there they are. They left last year, you leave this year. What doesn't appear can't disappear. It's just a way of talking about it. It's kind of screwy in a way because it, it doesn't take into consideration uh, the, the, the materialistic level. But we're doing that constantly. I'm over here, you're over there, my coffee's here, my water's there, I'm here, there's my wife, there's all my friends. It's very simple. Um, when we're endeavoring to just observe, does it matter so much what shows up in that, whether we're adding or not adding? Say that again. You're talking about you're adding something or not adding something. Something that shows up that came from outside or something that shows up that came from you. Is that what you meant? No, other than you might notice that. You might notice that something happens and you're adding something onto it or something happens and you're not adding anything onto it. Same. Why is it the same? There isn't anyone. Whatever happens is just part of dependent origination. It's not someone has done something. It's like the uh, the teachings, they sometimes talk about uh, uh, a person with no status, just like like uh, the uh, no something that happens has no, uh, so a thought has no ontological status. It's not a thing. There's no status to it. I mean, if, if it does, then what, how about what you thought last week? Thursday at 2 o'clock, where, where did that go? At the time, it was like that thought gone. More? If the content doesn't matter so much, can we ever not observe? Paraphrase that. What is it to not observe? To ignore. To observe is to be aware. Sometimes it's a, it's a specific, just observe. You're in the middle of, you're in some kind of a tango, and you you're actually able to you know, return to some kind of a simple approach, which is just observe that. You might even be lecturing yourself on some level. So you're tangled up in something and you with someone or some situation. And you could just observe that. Just slow down. Uh, slow down. 
and just observe what's happening. And it may not come up as some kind of result of how well I'm doing just observing, but just reduces some of that kind of spinning crazy energy around it. Did you have a raise your hand? Yeah. Um, earlier you used the word spontaneity or spontaneous. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we use that word in the teaching as opposed to impulsivity. So if everything is dependently arisen, it seems like what wouldn't be spontaneous? What's the difference between spontaneity and impulsivity? So impulsivity is a, a reaction to a to something that is occurring. Perception impulse uh, form feeling perception impulse is the third skanda. So we perceive something and we react to it. We add something to it. We take something away from it. We add, we subtract, we divide, we separate ourselves from it based on hope and fear, based on an independent individual uh, and assumed or imputed individuality that is either benefiting from this impulse or afraid of this impulse or wants nothing to do with this impulse. Whereas spontaneity would be actually, to use the more pictorial representation, would be dancing with them. It would be not separating yourself from it, from it, not joining it, but but working with that energy. How the energy rises, you just work with that energy. Um, dancing seems to work, be a good image for that. It's like, because things, sometimes things arise that are wild and crazy, and sometimes all you can do is uh, stay on the sidelines, which would be a way of just appreciating the dance. Maybe you can't join in. Maybe there's too much energy, too much spinning. The person is too insane or too crazy or that situation is too crazy. You might have to just sit in the front row or the back row and just watch and see if there's a, see, bring your awareness, have your awareness there, just observe and, and if the situation because nothing lasts. Eventually it might tip this way, that way, and this way. And then it might open right up where it's right there, like a red carpet right in front of you. It's time for you to join that. And if there's a strong ego connection, which operates out of hope and fear, you won't be able to do that. You, you might see it, but you think, I'm not going there. That could be dangerous. But when there's when the, when one is operating out of awareness, there, there, uh, the, hopelessness is, the hopelessness is the way it could be described, and the fearlessness is the way it functions. So the, the hopelessness isn't a negative thing. It's just that you're not operating out of hope. You're not operating out of hope for something better. You're not concerned with something better. And what are you concerned with? In our lineage, it's be with all things. Whatever happens, you're there. You're there to stay on, on the sidelines. And you're if the, if the causes and conditions that arise in such a way, you're ready to go in and join and bring your paintbrush. And you're ready to immediately, as soon as you get in there, realize it's not time for me to do this. You might not say that, but you might just go back and sit in the front row again. Just using that as a metaphor. If you're functioning out of awareness, there is no someone who's failing or not being included. Or So sometimes I say to, to people, if they don't feel like they're being included, I say, well, include yourself, especially when it comes to Sangha. Don't include yourself. No, one, you know, no, one's, no one's going to not include you. And if they are, then, uh, you know, punch them. <laughs> no, don't punch. But I mean, go go ahead and you know it's not egotistical or self centered. It doesn't even matter if it is to go in and say, "I want to be part of this. I want to know what this is." And then uh, then whoever is running this could say, "You know, you can't. We got too many people already. Just you know, go away, and we'll call you later." So you, then you would have to relate to that. So it's 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 changing all the time. Does that make some sense? 
on some level. Any questions about that? Don't you? In the talk this morning, you were talking about if someone's coming at you maybe aggressively. Um, I think you said stay with the things that aren't so threatening, like gravity or smells yes. or something like that. What is it about someone's voice that is more threatening than another sense field? Well, it could be the tone of the voice, which is, uh, you know, expressive. There's a, you know, someone's growling at you or something. Then there's a lot of, a lot of uh, things go along with that. You've been conditioned to respond to that kind of thing. But also a person saying something, they're, they're, bringing, they're bringing you into your own thinking process. You can't just be objective about the thinking process if someone's talking to you and maybe threatening you or accusing you. Very difficult. But if you can... You can include the rest of your senses, which you're not doing that. They're just, your gravity is just holding you here. Your clothes are just clinging to you or whatever. And your, your, the colors of the walls don't change. The sound of the, of the fan or the blower or the air conditioning, whatever it may be, or the person's voice. Just listen to the, the voice go up and down rather than uh, uh, imputing something that it means this or means that. And this doesn't get rid of the possible threat or, but it, but it, uh, it softens it up so that you're so you're present for that, so you're able to work with whatever is happening, rather than you all, uh, what's it called, congeal. You congeal into a being who is threatened and can't feel anything, can't hear anything, can't smell anything, taste anything. And you, you those senses are gone because you're just freaked out and paranoid, and you want to get out of here, or you want to lash out or something. So. Mm-hmm. Is the feeling of being threatened, it feels like it's coming from that person's voice or their words, is, is all of that just what we're adding to it? A little of each. You're adding something, but something's coming from that direction also. It's it's very mutual. The whole thing is very mutual. The way I teach is very mutual. If, I'm, if I don't have any students, I don't think of myself as a teacher. It's the only time I think of myself as a teacher, I have a, I have a student. If this student moves to Utah, I'm kind of screwed. i got to go back to picking potatoes. You know what I mean? No, you don't. <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's, it's much more mutual than we think. The whole situation with our government right now is that even though there's a lot of blame going up the hill. It's not that there's not <laughs> something amiss there, but there's so many structures, causes, and conditions that it create that kind of uh, craziness where all these people are out of work. And so it's a pretty sad thing to Think about, but it's dependently arisen. There's no blame on any level. Uh, I mean, it's not that you can't find somebody that did this, that did that, but then who did what to them in 1932? Something they were alive that long. You did, there's just no way to track it all down. That's why it's so important to cooperate, communicate, collaborate. So we all, as it was the image for that, all boats rise or all boats sink. That's right. At the same time. <laughs> That we drain the water away and then all the boats hit bottom and then there's no threat. Because <laughs> there aren't any more boats. There's just pea pods. More? Pea pods? What pea pods? World peas? World peas, that's right. World peas. <laughs> Is that what you're going to talk about? <laughs> Go ahead, please. I forgot. <laughs> That's one way to trick you. 
very hard to see. It's very easy to see blame because it's tit for tat. This did that. That caused that. He said this. They did this. Oh, I was just doing this. But then you did that. It's very easy to find, go, you know, three minutes back in time and blame that person for doing that. It's just, you know, we're not saying that that's not there, but it's just a, you know, it's just we're looking through a keyhole into reality. We're just seeing everything is we're living our whole life in this, through this little keyhole of our little world instead of saying it's a vast, um, a vast uh, spaciousness that is, uh, the traditional word is maha or maha vipassana, great panoramic awareness. Yes. If we're feeling threatened or afraid, how can we just receive that? I think just practicing. To don't add anything to the fear. Don't try to get rid of the fear. Don't try to get rid of the threat. Don't don't lecture yourself about I shouldn't be afraid. Be afraid. Be genuine. Actually feel whatever's happening to you. Feel that. Don't jump into explanations about it or blaming anyone or blaming yourself insofar as you can. And the more you do sitting meditation, the more you'll be able to do that just because less is better. It's just less vasanas or habit energies coming out of what we call the the alevinana, the habit energy that's been loaded up there year after year, decade after decade, century after century after century of cause and effect, cause and effect, cause and effect. Uh, awareness of beings coming and going and coming and going, of which right now you're one of them. Go ahead. How can we just receive, or can we just receive, if at the same time we want to get rid of that feeling? Just, just receive that. Just receive not being, not liking it. You're not okay with it. That's just the second noble truth. Wanting things to be different than they are. You're actually working with the Buddha's teaching when you're when you're looking at that. It's not about getting rid of that. That's a misunderstanding about suddenly being a peaceful person. I used to be really upset, but now I'm really peaceful. It's, it's circular. I mean, it's it's if you do that, it might work for three months, eight months. It could work for 10 years. But uh, all it takes is one emotional tsunami to come wrong and knock you right out of your proverbial uh, meditation seat. There's no, there's no goal to accomplish. If you accomplish a goal... Even though Buddhism is taught as you know, attaining enlightenment, it's not an attainment. As it says in the Diamond Sutra, that it's, uh, can you quote it? Can you quote a line about one, one above it says a statement about something is not a statement about something. You're Therefore, it's a statement. Say it. yeah. So it's a way of working with, with relativity and a, or t- uh, ultimacy in a very relative sutra that was written, who knows, back in the 34th century, probably. Maybe earlier. That's part of the. Actually, it's earlier than that. It'd be uh, in the the first uh, about the first second century BC. Prajnaparamita literature. That's the Diamond Sutra, Bhadra Chetika Sutra, Diamond Cutter. Well, what is a cut? It cuts through duality. It cuts. You would think that if it cuts through duality, that it would leave two pieces. But no, it cuts through the tunis, which is another word for tunic. <laughs> It's very, that, mm. and wanting things to be different, be spontaneous. Yeah. Oh, we, we want this, we don't. If it starts to snow, oh, I don't want it to snow. Or if it doesn't snow, we want to go skiing. Snowing. When does that wanting things to be different um, look like the second noble truth kind of desire? So I think it's 
personal for each person, but it's you're in, in any situation you're in, you just don't want that. So you, you very simple one that's difficult to deal with is you you wake up in the morning and you, you sit up in bed, or maybe you don't. You lay there in bed and you, without any reason at all, you feel depressed or bummed out, or you're just laying there and you just kind of that feeling of maybe not wanting to live, or or maybe it might not be that intense, but it might be something like, why even go on? This is just yeah. So if someone has that kind of situation, then I would say then you work with that where it's at. The way we work with it is through uh, one of the ways that I recommend if someone has a lot of that going on where there's just a low low level of, of emotion that just causes us to sink, say repeat, repeat, recite the first of the four reminders, first contemplate the preciousness of being free and all favored. Because we tend to, we go into that feeling, we, that we just, we get so old of us and we just, and maybe you haven't had that, but I certainly have years ago. And it was uh, difficult. So I just kind of encouraged myself to keep going. Can endeavoring to stay with just the surface of a negative feeling draw us into that, into believing it? You're going to have to ask that question in a different way. I think I know what you're saying, but I want to make sure that I don't respond to a question you're not asking. It seems easy to fall into some kind of ideal about that teaching, listening with the text. Yeah, that's what I thought you were saying. Okay, so no, there's no danger. No, you should just recite it anyway, because nothing lasts. So your recitation, even though it seems like the same, this is why they do hundreds of thousands of prostrations and mantras, is nothing remains the same. So when you do something 100,000 times, you see how that, you've not even been doing the same thing over and over again. But you think it is, you think they're going to have to do that. Well, that's, that's, uh, you can't repeat anything. So therefore, concentrate on that, that first reminder to look at that, look at on the way I teach it, or you may have heard me talk about it. Look at the very first word first. Don't don't immediately go with the whole thing. Look at the word first. What does that mean? First, first. As soon as you before you open your eyes, first might take a few weeks. First, contemplate. What contemplate? Think about. Look at. Turn it over. Look at both sides of it. Look it up in the dictionary. Contemplate the preciousness. What does preciousness mean? Is that a relative term? Is it an ultimate term? Can you have your way with that word? Can you make it this way or make it that way? First, contemplate the preciousness of being free. Free, free to do something, free not to do something, free from something. What what does what does free mean? I mean, free yourself, not some kind of, you know, the dictionary could have something to do with it, but it has to be your own understanding. Free and well-favored. Well-favored is that you you are born into a a body-mind complex, this particular human being that is not so so uh waterlogged by opinions and ideas and beliefs and enculturation that you can actually have less cultural wax in your ears. You can actually hear somebody say something a little bit different. Like you could train your mind. You could see what is true for yourself. You could actually live without any opinions at all. It's possible. This doesn't mean that some kind of bias doesn't come and go, but you just watch it more. Something, another question came up. What you're saying? How can we trust ourselves if we're unsure of who that is? 
I came over there and hit you, you touch yourself. What do you mean? You know what I mean. You're saying, how can I trust myself? Who put this rock so on? That one. Who put that one on? <laughs> Who put it on? Did you put it on a little while? You did it. <clears throat> so trusting yourself isn't exactly trusting some kind of idea about who you are. You're just you're just not separate from who you are. You're you're just it's just this. You're not separate from the Raksu, you're not separate from the vow, you're not separate from your uh laundry soap, you're not separate from the washing machine, you're not separate from me, you're not separate from this that bowing mat, you're not separate from that candle, you're not separate from Jun Junshu, you're not separate from the fan that's moving. Not separate, not separate, not separate. So there isn't anyone to trust. Trust is extra. Just don't object to it. Oh my god, I hit you. <laughs> Do I hit people very much? No. See? <laughs> I've got a pretty good memory, so I'm not sure if I whacked anybody or not. I don't think so. I'm just, that's the only reason I'm saying that is just that, you know, it's a way of changing gears. If I came over and hit you, this is why if you read the teachings, you'll see where some teachers, it's just a, a metaphor, it's an example. Probably nobody hit anybody, or maybe they did, but it, it's just like the teaching person might get frustrated with somebody and just like uh, Naropa or Talopa did with Naropa after 12 years of finding a teaching that, you know, Talopa's like, this guy's the worst student I've ever had. Takes off, takes off his sandal. And then the next time uh, Naropa asks a question, what is the fundamental nature of reality, Talopa? <laughs> Probably didn't make that sound. That's more like a Mokugyo. And, and all, it's just an example. Nobody's going to... I'm not saying that couldn't happen, but it's unlikely. It's just that sometimes there needs to be that kind of a of a shock or that kind of a... So that's why everything that happens to you in your life, everything that is negative that comes up, rather than try to get rid of the negativity, look at it as a Dharma gate, as a way that you could, you could say, relatively deepen your understanding of what this world is about. Further question? Well, cool. <laughs> yes. When we were talking about perception impulse. Yes. And it's often you, the phrase is heard sometimes turning about no perception only. Perception. So in the context of perception impulse, would it be perception without the impulsivity? Just perception without a self, perception without uh without uh, not hooked up to feeling the second skanda. Uh, not hooked up to the the fourth skanda or concepts, just 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 perception, just form, just feeling, perception, just perception, just concept, just thinking, no thinker, just thinking, just consciousness, no no one that's consciousness of the six sense fields and their objects, no no persona that is imputed or or, or brought into some kind of imaginary space to be protected or advanced. So yes, there would be any, the impulses about the reaction to grasp or reject or run away or something, and then that's that's supported by the concepts about it, which comes in to just immediately and names it because it's this or it's that. And the feeling might arise before that or after that, and it could work any direction. More. So the impulses related to energy of grasping itself. Yeah. Like an unseen. Perception impulse, 
we all experience that. You have, you see something and something else comes up about it. Get rid of it or get more of it. Or, or who cares? Yes. So if the impulse is that, that impulse to jump from this to it's a cup yes. or whatever is, de- is conditioned or dependently arisen. Yeah. Then how can it not jump to the impulse? If it's choiceless, you have to see it. You have to see that you do that, and if you see that you do that, you can you can just not do it. But you have to see the entire thing. And one of the things that I teach in uh, teach in opening the eye mind is uh, is akin to that. It's pretty hard to do opening the eye mind unless you're a meditator. But it can you can get a glimpse of what it's like to see without thinking, to see without the thought process coming up and trying to help you with what you're seeing. Define it. Look at it. So it's just separating that out, giving that a little bit more space so you can just see. Uh, just like with uh, with uh, with writing, poetry, it's like it has to do with hearing. A lot of people, I think, think that it's just about words alone. So of course it is, but it's also about the sound, how that, this word and then that word, how do those, how do those sound together? How do they, and then how, then visually, how that shape, the lowercase b has a big bubble on it. Should you put a dash there, a period? Should you do anything with it? You you really need to, uh, and I know uh, that what little I've done, which is nowhere near, say, what someone like later or maybe others have done with that, is if you're going to go in and, and create something, there's a whole lot of editing has to happen. It's not just splash things like whoever did that thing. Just splash things up there. Walk away. No, wait, I didn't sign my name there. Sign my name. Walk away. Same thing with cooking. I think I'm not a cook. I don't cook well at all. But it seems like that would be had to do with shape and color and sound and smell and everything involved with that to really do that in a way that is uh, creative so that you're actually using the the very creativity that, uh, that shows up all around us, not just as human beings, but everywhere to tie into that energy and realize that you're, all you're doing is helping nature do what it was doing without your help. Are you leaving? Are you never coming back ever? Oh, no, good. Yes. Question. Do you, um, oh my goodness. <laughs> Is that what I think it was? It's in bulk oh, no, It's just waiting to. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> pre fart. <laughs> pre fart? <laughs> pre fart. Okay. You said, um, as it regards turning around at the basis, first you have to turn and look at the alia. And you say meditation is a way to observe that. Oh, but you do deep consciousness work. We've done dream practice. Is there any other ways to, if you want to see what's there, look besides just sitting? Well, there's there's all kinds of ways. So I'm not limiting. I'm not sure exactly what you're asking me. Yes, I. We do. We go every direction we can. Uh, so there's no no limitation. I'm not sure. You know, it's like a flower arranging and um, doing uh, uh, 
Russian ink awareness practice, uh, doing deep consciousness work, doing um, uh, something I've wanted to do, we just haven't gotten to it yet, is doing uh, writing, you know, getting together in a group and doing you know, different like, different exercises you can do that are quite interesting. Uh, I don't know, um, writing down phrases. Everybody writes down a phrase, you put them in a in the center on a piece of paper and then you collect them and then you read them all one after another. It's fun. Words. It's just a system of working with consciousness and with all the ways the mind works in as, as many as many ways as we can. Using this, we use astrology, we use the Enneagram, we use, uh, um, if you want to go in and study it, the I Ching is very valuable, very complicated, but it's a very valuable book. It's uh, 10,000 years old, as far as we know. Not to mention all the things we study, what, eight, eight times a week, different texts we study. So I'm very much about going as many directions as we can. And at the same time, spending a lot of time just looking at your own mind, what's happening in your own mind. Or anyone else? Yes. Sometimes it, I think that's how I listen to the I guess I can't make it into a question. Yeah, I can't make it into an answer. Because we're kind of at the end of our rope. Further questions from anyone? You have a question? You were going to have a question. I know. What was that question? You don't remember what it was? You said, well, I'm going to ask you that. No, I said you should ask me that. I'm just asking why do we even do this? Yeah, okay. (laughs) And then I'm going to give you the the mudra, are you ready? And then the, the mantra, and which you can do a hundred thousand times. Mm. 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 <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, we do it to train our mind. We do it to see more clearly. We do it so we won't fight with our world. That's why. Thank you for the question. Further questions? Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming up. Thank you for inviting us.